Hello, 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 and welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and I'm your host, and uh, we're here at Bit About Crypto, and happy Sunday, everybody. And once again, I'm with my uh, co-host, the uh, robo-recruiter, Dave Hampton. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? And what's been going on? Just living life, you know? So how did you do in your football pool uh, this season? It just uh, ended. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... I Finished in the middle of the pack. Middle pack. No money. No money. No money. No money. What's the winner get? Thousand uh, dollars. And how many? Winner take all? Uh, no, it's a thousand dollars to first, five hundred dollars to second, a hundred dollars to third, which is their money back. So sixteen players, a hundred bucks each. Yes, sir. Right. So, anyhow, um, yeah. So here's here we are. I've been about crypto, and let's. Uh, I think crypto is more interesting than how you placed in your football pool. So do you mind if I move from your football pool to crypto? Uh, who would I be if I said yes? You know? Right? Right? I mean, without, you know, deference to David James, who are we as a people? Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, I don't mean that. Uh, yeah, so once again, uh, welcome to a Bit About Crypto. And uh, the show is a bit about crypto. It's a human interest story where we speak to wonderful guests from all walks of life. And we hear about their stories, what their genesis was in life, and how crypto found them. Uh, specifically, uh, also, we talk about the show is if you want a job in the blockchain, NFT, cryptocurrency space, then you need to reach out to us, right? And if you're looking for someone who's looking for a job, right, then you need to reach out, right? Because what we do is David and I, we own blockchain recruiters, right? And we aggregate everybody you can think about in the blockchain space, right? And why that's really a good idea is... Uh, most of you know you've got projects going and you can't find them. And most of you who want to work in the blockchain space, you can't find the projects. And what we do is we, we're like a platform. Mingle, kind of. That's right. <laughs> That's an inside That's joke. Right. That's right. Do right. it. Do it, David. <laughs> uh, you got these guys over here. You got these guys over here. Mingle. <laughs> That's right. That's an inside joke with me and David. All you need to know is we're laughing. Well, yeah. It, it just stems from the f idea that this, this era of platforms. Yeah, everything's a platform. Everything's a platform from the, mid from the middleman. Yeah. Right? And yeah. They, they're like, hey, we can do this for you and you. So right. go ahead and do it through us. Yeah, every, everything's a platform. So if you want to get a hold of me specifically, I'm best reach it at the BTC Recruiter on Twitter. At the Bravo Tango Charlie Recruiter. Right, I'm, the, I'm the BTC recruiter. That's who I am. I've always been that. And you can't just recruit in Bitcoin because Bitcoin alone is only like 5% of the blockchain market as it relates to jobs, everything else. And if you'd like to send your resume in, you can contact Dave. Dave, D-A-V-E, at blockchainrecruiters.net. Or David J at blockchainrecruiters.net. Yeah, but if you really want a prompt response, email your resume to Dave at blockchainrecruiters.net. If you'd like it to sit in my inbox for a perpetual imperpetuity, then you can send it to me at yeah. David J. You can also call me at 858-254-6938. And you are? Dave Hampton. The robo, the robo recruiter. Yeah, he's the robo recruiter because he's relentless. Hey, man, I want to talk to you about Bitcoin. Just for a second. And what I want to say is, you know, there was there was a ban on Bitcoin in China versus a ban on Bitcoin in the United States. Yeah, they keep rebanning it in China. Yeah, yeah, it's been rebanned. It's, yeah. it's like the new and improved box of Tide. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, if there was a real threat to the dollar, 
real threat to the dollar, then there would no be there'd be no Bitcoin in the USA, right? So I'm going to just give a point, right? Uh, I, I don't know where we are with Mark Zuckerberg's uh, Facebook coin, right? But overnight... I, I don't know if we're anywhere considering the, the allegations, the lawsuits, the, he's trying to rebrand his, his Facebook name. and I all, mean, all that aside, yeah. if, but, but if he wanted to... Every time he says, hey, I'm about to launch this coin... Right. Um, wait, wait, Nobody's going to jump on the bandwagon. That's, that's not point. true. He's got three billion people yeah. that are actually users. And every time, hear me out on this. Every time, and not everybody's as smart as you in the world, David. Not everybody is, is hip. If all of a sudden I can actually buy a car stereo for fifty percent off if I use this coin, right? No, people are going to respond to that. But what I'm trying to say is that every time you know we talk Bitcoin. Nobody does anything in the United States, right? But as soon as Mark Zuckerberg says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch DM or Libra or whatever he's calling it this week, all of a sudden Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are like, we want to see you here tomorrow. I mean, oh, yeah, they yeah, have done that before. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like we want to see you here tomorrow because the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to protect the Fed. Right. Right. And, and, and the funny thing about it is, is, is and for, for my audience, as you're learning, right, which makes Bitcoin so uncorruptible. Is, is that it has hashing power and miners and validators all over the world. You, you're at your house, you could actually have a node where you could actually validate transactions. And the only way they could shut Bitcoin down, they would have to take electricity and internet away from the entire world. Right? And yep. that's the only, and good luck with that. I mean, everybody agrees that heroin's illegal or human trafficking is illegal, right? But still, that's thriving business, even with it being illegal. So they would find a way. But the thing about it is, is that one of the concerns was that if one country got enough hashing power, enough hash power, right, to get 51%, then they could actually do what we call a 51% attack and they could manipulate the network, right? And what, what the Chinese miners were doing, the Bitcoin miners were doing, is they were actually leveraging the cheap power, right? But China... It wanted to actually, you know, get rid of Bitcoin and launch its CBDC, its central uh, bank digital currency, the digital yuan, which they have released to uh, a select few people. And, and, and what happened with that is, like I said, they, they gave it to everybody in a lucky red wallet and everybody got 5,000 yuan. Hey, spend these. All right. But with, with a time limit, if you don't spend them, you lose them. Right, which is exactly what was going to happen. But my digression, they kicked everybody out of China that was mining. I mean, literally, and that, that's one of the reasons that last summer that the Bitcoin price went all the way down to 30 because the hash power stopped because everybody was moving their, their, their mining rigs to the, the former Soviet Republic, Georgia, or uh, Kazakhstan, or even, even Virginia, right? We're going we're gonna to start mining, and now, and, and now it's back up. But, but the foolish thing, if, if China really wanted to destroy Bitcoin, what they would have done is they would subsidize the miners. Free, free power, free everything, and, and, and we'll even buy it from you at a premium, right? Blah, blah, blah. And then after just the whole world is now mining in China, the Chinese government would have actually nationalized it, taken it over, and done its thing. So that's – I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, seems like they screwed the pooch on that well, one. Well, no, that's because, they, you know, you, you, most governments are being ran, ran by old men in their 70s, right? Yeah, and, and, I know. And, you know, I, I'm 57, right? And I, I'm yeah. really trying to pay attention hard to this younger generation. And i really got to look hard, and I still don't always get it. Right? I'm really lucky at my age. I'm one of the few people in the baby boomer generation that actually understood Bitcoin so long ago. I'm a rarity. 
I'm a rarity, yeah. right? I mean, if you look around the Bitcoin space, it's people in their 30s and 40s, you know, younger, 20s, 30s and 40s. But what I'm saying to you is, is that, yeah, no, China didn't understand. And, you know, they'll, 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 they'll realize in retrospect, hey, uh, <laughs> we should have not done that, right? Yeah, yeah, right. like the foresight. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, uh, it's greed and power that, that usually blinds uh, wisdom. Yeah. But, you know, speaking about Bitcoin and speaking about this show, you know, and, and to our audience, we didn't know what the show was actually going to be. All right. But before I go on. Yeah. So we got this clear. We used to on the show, we used to talk about the positions we had. We used to talk about the candidates we have. And, and now it's just too overwhelming. OK, so if you need we had got them all community developers, full stack engineers, marketing people, BD people. Right. Portfolio managers, appraisers, <coughs> quants. Yeah, marketing manager. Yeah. We, we have yeah. them all. If you need them, Finance. we got them. If you want a job, you contact us. So that's just, that's just the standard thing. But anyhow, I'm coming back to this whole Bitcoin thing uh, and specifically our topic. I didn't know what this show was going to be when we started it, right? John Orlando said, look, you guys, you have to have a podcast. We started talking a bit about crypto. We started talking to people, and it, it's evolved into this human interest story. <clears throat> And what I find amazing is, is that crypto and Bitcoin specifically has done so much more than just, you know, improving and exponentiating wealth with sound money, right? There, there are ancillary markets that have come with this. So I'm going to talk about the BitBlock Boom show that we actually went to together, right? I, I orange-pilled you, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I don't even think I asked you. I pretty much told you. You were going to BitBlock Boom. Yeah, you mandated me. Yeah, you were voluntold. Yeah. Yeah. If you have any plans on these days in late August, cancel them, <laughs> is what I said. Because yeah. you will be in Dallas. That's right. And uh, Yeah, and I said, don't throw me with a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. going back to your hometown, seeing your best yeah, friend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So. Yeah, so, and it, the funny thing is, is we talk, so what BitBlock Boom is for our audience, it is the, uh, it was the biggest Bitcoin only show, Bitcoin Maximus, you don't get to talk about, you can't talk about any other coins there, and you can't, like, have any booths where you, you talk about other coins or, or the value propositions, and that's fine, you know, that's, that's their primary purpose, and, you know, it's, uh, I think this was the fourth or fourth one. In 2021, they had, and the first one, we, we talked to the, uh, the founder, uh, Gary Leland, last week, and he says, yeah, it started with 30, and he made no money, and the guy that was in it says, hey, I don't want, I don't, I don't want anything to do with it anymore. It's a loser, right? And then the next one, there was 100, and then when I went, there was like 250 in the middle of COVID, right? And then last year, there's like 375, and you couldn't get a ticket. But what I saw that was different was there's so many different type of exhibitors, right? <clears throat> And what took me by surprise is there was this one gal at the end of the hallway where all the exhibitors were, and she had this amazing art. Now, for those of you who don't know this, like both my parents were artists, right? My father has a master's degree in fine art. He taught at Cal State L.A., right? And he still does art to this very day. I, I lack the ability to actually create art in any type of painting uh, medium or sculpture. Or I, I, can't, I can't even draw stick figures right. But I've got an eye for art because, you know, I was around it. I was around my parents. I was dragged to these museums as a kid. And I know good art when I see it. And so I go down the hallway and I see all this art there. And I look closely and I noticed that uh, it was Bitcoin art. And I saw, I saw this one, one piece that this gal had. And it was like the... Um, you know, I think I'm going to let her describe it. I'm just going to let her describe it. Okay. So with no further ado, let's, let's welcome our guest, Marissa Jean. Marissa Jean, can I call you that? 
Yep. Go, yep. Go that go sounds on. perfect. Yeah, Marissa G. Hey, welcome to a bit about crypto. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you loved anticipation. That's what you got. Yeah, that, that's the name of it. You want to know who didn't love it? Your wife. <laughs> she did it. And that's I, right. I, I, Spoken I, like a woman. <laughs> well, I, I, I put it in my office, right, just above the monitor, and I just figured I just, with goodness in my heart, and she came in and she says, what's that all about? I went, oh, yeah, that. And she never comes to my office. And when she does, she never sits in the chair where you can see it next to me. She always sits on the other side looking at me. She'd have missed it. And I said, So yeah. what did she make you do? Uh, it's not that she made me do anything. But what, what did she do after this in, in response? <laughs> well, okay. Okay, well, what she did is she says, well, who are you going to gift it to? And I said, uh me i'm gifting it to me i gifted it to me and you know the thing about it is it's not like it's this porn so so marissa go ahead and describe it because remember some of our audience they're on apple and they're on spotify so describe the piece it's a tasteful nude it is very very tasteful right um of a woman uh reclined anticipating the uh climb of bitcoin and you can see the the numbers climbing above her and it's called anticipation because that's what we were all doing at the time. And uh, we've reached actually past, I think, where a lot of the numbers went in that piece. And it's very tasteful. So it is. I don't think she had anything to complain about. Yeah, no, it is. And you could have just said that she inspired it. And when, there was a lot I, of little it, paths. It, it does. It does. I said, it kind of looks like you. And she's, yeah, good luck with that. That's what she said to me. But then the next day, I got to go. Yeah, this is the funny part. Yeah, the next day she came in and she's got like, uh, think about like a, a big drawing of like an Adonis body, like with the long hair, right? And the genitalia was over exaggerated, right? I mean, like way over exaggerated, right? And she said, here. This is the kind of art, I, I'm going to put this up in my office. And I looked at it and I said, this is excellent. This is excellent. Let me help you hang this up, right? And she's like, not what she wanted to hear. No, exactly. That's exactly what she did not want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she knows but, how to push her buttons. Look, there's no way I'm getting rid of that. Because, you know, the thing about it is, I, I think you set up art at the BitBlock Boom Show, right? And I think mm-hmm. I was the first person to buy. You were. You were. You were the first person to buy that day, aside from a couple prints. Yeah, prints don't count. Prints don't mm-hmm. count. I mean, I brought, I, 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 and you watched me. I, I like looked at it and I walked away and I looked at it. I mean, I was, it, was a, it was a contemplation. Yeah, you hovered for a while. You made a few paces. And I remember when you decided to buy it, you actually, I saw you coming from down the hall charging at me. <laughs> oh, you knew <laughs> You're like, you, I'm taking it. You, you, know, you knew that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to miss yeah. out. I didn't want to miss out, and I've got no regrets. And I love the piece so much because, for the last nine years, I have, I have been looking at the uh, the Bitcoin price. I mean, if you were to remove the gal, the the tasteful nude, out of the piece, I still like it. But you're not because that's because no one is. It's mine, okay. And if she doesn't like it, she don't have to look at it. I'm and I love my wife with all my heart and i really hope she doesn't listen to this episode because uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be in the doghouse about that so marissa before we start let's let's talk about you and uh, where you grew up and what your life was like uh, between you know birth and say 12th grade yeah we'll just run through it um i was raised in texas in the dfw area 
And uh, I've just always been drawing, painting. And, you know, from a young age, that's what I was going to do. But uh, listening to my parents who were right at the time, they were like, oh, you know, we support you, but we'd really prefer you to not be selling paintings on the street. So let's think of something applicable. And uh, I just so happened to, I just so happened to always have a, a love for video games as well. So I actually don't have, I, I have a fine art degree, but it's not that I went to school for fine art. It's that I got a degree with video game design. So actually until now, that's what I've been doing. I worked at EA sports. I've worked at military simulation companies where I make characters and models for games and simulations and uh, museums and whatnot. But uh, I always leaned more towards the fine art side. And in recent, the past year, I've switched back over to selling commissions. And now that's what I do. Well, hold on a second. So that we got, we got from birth to high school real quick. No Girl Scouts. No, I played volleyball. Nothing. So let's go back to uh, Travis. Did we lose her? And no. No. She's kidding. Okay. She's here still. All right. So <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So Marissa, uh, let's talk about like, between growing up and and sixth grade. Yeah, what, what part of Dallas did you grow up in? I was raised in South Lake, Texas. So that's just so south of Dallas. Football capital of Texas. Or of the yeah. United States. <laughs> is that the, like? Did you know that it's like it's like is, is, the it's they're like they're like top five high school football teams, in the nation every it's, year. Is every that, year. It's a whole thing. Yeah. That, the whole town it, comes out and watches them. Is yeah. that, that the Friday Night Lights thing? Is that where that? Came uh, from, that no, of? that was based off of the team out in West Texas. Uh, South Lake is like it's like it's like the Dallas football team. Like the they're the premier. They're they're ranked nationally every year. Top five. Wow. Okay. No, I didn't know that. I, I didn't yeah. know that. So, so, so you grew oh, you grew up in that part of Texas, right? And so, what mm -hmm. are, what are you doing as as a kid all the way up to sixth grade? Well, my brothers were on the football teams, but I was in the art class. <laughs> I was I was in sports, but not school sports. I did taekwondo, uh, pretty much until I was like sixteen. And um, how, how far did you go? My how, how far did you go in belt? Yeah, what belt did you get? I was a black belt. I, that was my first job too. I was an instructor. Oh, so you're still a black belt, right? I am still a black belt technically. You actually get a card that says you, you're an official black belt, and I pull it out if I ever want to impress people. Yeah, you got to register. I your don't hands do as, that. That's very lame. I, I, you got to register your hands as weapons, huh? <laughs> I want you to know something. I actually am still a yellow belt in Taekwondo, but I, I don't recall oh. I don't recall getting my card. So can you like talk to the Taekwondo Society? No, it's like a black belt thing. No. <laughs> Are you asking her, her to counterfeit your black no, belt? No, no. I want I no, I'm not saying I don't I'm want a black it sounded belt. Like. No, I'm Oh, a you want a yellow belt I never got my card for making yellow belt. Oh. It's the one no, right you don't above get a card for that. Yeah, you, you get a you, little belt and a pat on the head. You don't get a belt. Yeah, you don't get a card for yeah, that. Yeah, well, nobody goes around having a card that says I'm yellow belt in karate. Uh, up to this point, I do. <laughs> okay, no. I do. I mean, hey, I'm a yellow belt. Obviously, kid. you haven't. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so okay, so you're a you're a God. That was 30 years ago. Anyhow, so you're a Taekwondo uh, instructor, and you did till you were 16. So really, Taekwondo the real only sport sport. Uh, yeah, that's the only sport I went. To, I did. I went to every football game, but that's, that's all the football relation I have. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. So let's talk about the social economic dynamics of your household, right? Brothers, sisters. What's your mom and dad do? I've got two older brothers and a mom who is just the best homemaker you'll ever know. Okay. You, oh, you I met her. The house. I met her. 
Oh, right. You haven't met her. <laughs> oh, no. That's right. Yeah. And I met, I, um, I met Dad, too. Yes. They're very sweet and supportive. Uh-huh. And if they don't bust down the door to actually get in the podcast, I'll be blessed. So. <laughs> oh, they wanted, uh, they wanted to be in it? They, they love to be part of everything. It's very good. <laughs> <laughs> very okay. sweet um but i've got you know i've got a great family two older brothers my mom's wonderful you leave the house gaining 10 pounds you just can't avoid it and uh my dad is just that successful businessman that's made himself so um i like to think that you know i have my mom's sweetness but my dad's ability to manipulate a situation and i think that's helped with selling art sometimes so yeah. that's good too yeah so okay so then um when when you're like about a junior in high school right they they support your mm-hmm. art but you're gonna go to college you gotta get a degree right that was that yeah was, okay and so you decided you were gonna actually get a, uh, a degree in fine art or well you know i decided to pursue video game design and when i told my parents that they said oh that's something technology we're sure that'll work out Turns out it's the most popular degree these days. Everyone wants to either have a YouTube channel, a podcast, or make video games. <laughs> well, we've got two of the three, don't we, David? Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. Um, yeah. So then, um, so when you were, get right out of, out of college, did you actually go straight to work making uh, for, is that when you started? Right, I mean, you're a yeah. young gal, right? You've only been out of college for, for like four years. Where did you go to college? I went to college in Savannah, Georgia at a place called SCAD. They have a great game design uh, program, and it was a great experience. I was only there for two and a half years before I graduated. And yeah, I got my degree in game design, and before I graduated, I actually had my job lined up at EA Sports. Savannah College of Art and Design. No, mm-hmm. no athletics. No I, how did program. how did you yeah how, well that's fine I mean I I I went to a school with with no football team specifically for that reason so I, I can I can applaud that I so uh, I also went to a small liberal arts school but in New Orleans um, so question so how, how did you how did you get your job lined up in EA Sports how did that happen Well you know everything's about who you know right just like how I knew Gary yes we do yeah we yeah mm-hmm. we do yeah. Spoken yeah, like a potential recruiter. Yeah, <laughs> you learn pretty quickly that networking is like half the battle, if not more. Um, and building the right portfolio, you know, that's just a lot of tireless nights of uh, working through it. But it just turns out that a lot of that one person I collaborated with, um, he got an internship at EA for animation, and he went there I think for a couple months. And a lot of the, a lot of the stuff on his portfolio involved things that I made and they asked, you know, who I was and he recommended me. So I already had an in with that and the timing just worked out great. Nice. So, um, so let's talk about, so how did, how did, I'll say it this way, right? How did Bitcoin find you? Well, it's been, I guess, over a year now that I've only been to Bitcoin. I'd like to say I got into it earlier, but, uh, yeah, I've always tried to keep up with, the happening technologies and then Bitcoin became a thing with when I was in college and I thought, Oh, that's great. Wish I could do that. Never looked more into it. And now I know I definitely could have gotten into it. Um, but yeah, I got into it a little over a year ago, finally. 
And I think Gary was an influence with that. He uh, brought up the idea. We kind of heard he was starting to do something. We're like a Bitcoin boomer. What are you talking about? But mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I looked into it and uh, it's been great. You know, it was really as simple as that. And then just a little after that, I decided to, uh, now that I'm getting into painting, to integrate that all together as well. Yeah, so... so Like, like uh, NFTs, that type of stuff? Well, you know, I'm thinking about pushing into the NFT space. I definitely have some plans, but I want to make it something special, so it's taken a little longer. I'm also... The idea was just to uh, do something that I haven't seen before, which was expand this new artscape that we're seeing with crypto into the physical art space because there's so much great digital art it's everywhere and it's all new and inspiring there's augmented reality but i don't see anything that's going to go up on somebody's wall right being printed right and 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 i yeah no in my in my background like having looked at paintings my whole life raised uncle president of the watercolor society i mean still today at 70 he is i'm just i'm just saying yeah i'm just saying it's like I've seen art and I knew it. it's like, hey, this this gal is on to something and I put it up on my wall. Right. And so I sorry, I just got a little too enthusiastic. Over well, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. Go on. Yeah, no, I uh you know, the way my art is whenever I uh finish something, if even if I try to avoid it and make it more mainstream, it has texture it has depth and that's something i've always thought was really unique and a big hook for my artwork um and then i look at the crypto space and i think well wouldn't that be nice to to bring that in and it turns out everyone was really receptive so all the pieces i sold had some kind of thickness to it some some were on wood some were on canvas all of them had some paste some mixed media and i just thought it was a totally new thing that i hadn't seen before and i was happy to be part of it so i want to drill down a little bit because you kind of you got a great way of macroing everything it's just a macro yeah i was born and boom started doing art one day yeah it's like that's real quick kind of like seinfeld bah, bah, bah. it seems like she was just she just had yeah, a no. question forgot the five so. years in prison um yeah. So, I was born with the paintbrush in hand. I want to talk about Bitcoin when you say you got into it. What does getting into it actually mean for Marissa Jean? How did, what was the, how did you talk about that? Well, it means that, you know, I finally got past the thought of that would be nice to get into it. You know, there's a hurdle, at least at first, before it was extremely accessible like it is now. There's, there's a million apps you can download to try to get into everything. And there were some around when I got into it too, obviously, but uh, I finally started seeing how I could get into it. So really just researching how to invest and soon after investing. Okay, so so now you got to the point where you're, hey, I actually own Bitcoin. You're starting, mm-hmm. now, now you're a hodler, all right. So then how do we get from the point where all of a sudden we own Bitcoin to we're going to start incorporating art as it relates to Bitcoin? When, when did that, I want to hear about that, that catharsis, if you will. Well, um, I started selling commissions nearly full time this year as well. And, you know, I'm thinking about painting people's engagement photos and painting like fine art for people's walls, whatever it may be, and custom paintings. And uh, and then, you know, my friend Gary comes around and he says, you know, I really love your paintings. I'd 
are you interested in selling anything at my convention, BitBlock Boom? And I said, yes, that sounds incredible. I had never considered something like that, but I have been interested in the NFT space for a long time. And I know that's not quite the same, but my mind was already on bringing the digital to the physical, right? And so that was just the perfect door that swung open for me. And then I spent the remainder of that year up until, what was it, August? Late August, yeah. Um, Last week of August. Yeah. Right. Just making my little Bitcoin series, amongst other things. And uh, it just happened to go great. I didn't mean to sum that up too fast for you. Yeah, no, it, it, no it's not <laughs> that, that too it macro be. for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's too macro for me, except when it's not. Um, so, so uh, you know, you had some Bitcoin pieces and you had a few pieces that were like general. Right, you you had some really nice pieces that you made that weren't necessarily Bitcoin. Did you sell out all the Bitcoin pieces that you had? No, not all of them. There were a lot of favorites, but it's really about getting it in front of the right people. Mm-hmm. So the bigger the convention, the more likely you are to sell. You know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So even though you know, I it, the fan favorite of the day. I don't know if you remember was that blue lady, her face and the wings. Yes. Um, people love that one. Almost everyone said, oh, I'm coming back for that. But it just takes the right person to pull the trigger, and no one did. But, um, you know, it's just about getting it out. Will, will you be uh, back next year in Austin? at Bitcoin? Yeah, I will be. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. You know, uh, Bitcoin Miami in June mm-hmm. is, uh, is Bitcoin on steroids. Have you thought about, I mean, I'm not telling you what to do. Have you thought about getting a booth and exhibiting there? I have thought about it, and I've talked to Gary about it as well, um, because he's my he's my go-to for yeah, info yeah. these days. You should have him sponsor you, mm-hmm. Gary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you should Sounds say, hey, Uncle yeah. Gary. But hey. you know, what what did Uncle Gary say? Well, you know, he's a. Uh, I think he he brought it up, and um, I'm definitely interested, and I think we're gonna. I think I'm gonna do that for sure. But I. Uh, mm. It's just so far off. I'm only thinking about Austin right now. Yeah. Well, well. hold on a second. Uh, Bit, BitBlock Boom is in August, yeah. l- almost September. Miami's in, earlier. In Miami's f- first week of June. Sorry to put you on yeah. blast here. So, anyhow, I mean, I'd lie for Why you. Why are you putting me on blast? No, yeah. it's, I mean, it's really, it's, it's conducive. I mean, actually, actually it'll put a, put a fire on you. It's for your own good. Yeah, it'll help you. It's for your own good. It's for your own good. It's good. And yeah, I um. Do, do, do you have any? Uh, sorry to cut you no, off. No, do, no. do you have any uh, pieces that you could show? Anything that nah, you, pieces I, that I could show? Well, what about the people on Apple and Spotify? How are they going to look at it? <laughs> They'll just have to go to Think YouTube. Think about the people. <laughs> well, I've got a few in progress pieces. I just finished one the other day, but it's not actually with me. I've got this big thing in the background that is unfinished, but I plan on making it a Bitcoin I, piece. I, I, I keep it, hearing the. I think it's better huh? you talk about it. Talk about the ideas and what you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm constantly asking people, what do they want to see? Because I'm trying to appeal to a community that I'm not used to. Even though I'm part of it now, there are people that are so diehard. Just like at Big Block Boom, if you mentioned an alternate coin, it was like a taboo. Yeah, God but forbid. Some people, it's all they want to talk right. about. And then there's NFTs. But the general ideas everyone agrees with are that they want to see... Uh, pretty much burning money, <laughs> yeah. The domination oh, right. of cool. crypto, yeah. yeah. yeah that's and right. just sprinkle like, in some naked nude ladies if you can. I'd be just down always for that. a nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. put the work. So that's the idea there. I'm going for. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you can sell those to my wife. <laughs> yeah, she would love it. <laughs> yeah, the naked lady, know, people, ladies with a, a Bitcoin bra bikini. 
Yeah, she'd be all about that. She'd be all about the naked dudes. Yeah. Go, go, go on. No, it's okay. <laughs> well, you know, one thing I really like focusing on is uh, Greek mythology, just the idea of yeah. philosophers creating the world as we know it. You know, what if they had the, uh, just, you know, metaphorically, just for fun, what if they had the hindsight to think about something like Bitcoin? That's what I've been thinking about lately. But uh, this stuff just takes so much time. Uh, it's, I'm trying to figure out how to produce faster. And especially with everyone online these days, digital art just is so much faster to produce that um, it's hard to compete sometimes. But I'm trying to make it so I don't compete with them exactly. I just alter or offer an alternate kind mm, of art. Right. So <clears throat> just from your take, how do you see crypto or Bitcoin or crypto at all? How do you see it changing the job market just from where you if at all? Crypto specifically changing the job market. Well, it's hard to say exactly because the world's changed so much in the year or over a year that I've gotten into crypto for reasons other than crypto. But, you know, with everybody working from home, jobs changing so quickly anyway, it seems like it's only going to get bigger from my perspective. I can't really imagine I can't imagine this dying down. It's become a way of life for so many people, especially people trying to find a new alternate to what they've known, right? Something they can do from anywhere, something they can uh, keep as their own in a, such an unknown time. And so when, it taught, when, you, when you ask me about the job market, as far as artists, it's like a new frontier, right? And I'm just trying to get a piece of it with my <laughs> own little spin, which is the physical part. Um, I just, uh, it seems like kind of a bunch of doors opening for everybody, but there's a hurdle to figuring out how to get there, right? Like if you have no interest in the digital world, I think you're going to have a hard time. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just listened to you talk. It's because I usually ask the, the tagline on the show is, Hey, how did crypto find you? And you didn't get into Bitcoin. Bitcoin got into you. I mean, literally, yep. it got into you, and then it got into your sphere of consciousness, and then it got into your this way you see things. And I'm just, I'm just going to describe one piece, your big piece, right? And uh, there was this, like, think about this bull. There's this beautiful bull, and it happened to have, like, the gold and the black and, like, the red, the Bitcoin colors. And there was this bull, and you could see into its eyes, right? And it had this ferocity to it. But in the eyeballs is the Bitcoin symbol, right? And it's just... It was just so prophetic. And I know that was uh, your most expensive piece and someone got that, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so her work is amazing. And let's talk about that. You will do, you will, there are people that are going to listen to this show that are going to call you and say, hey, I want, I want a commission. So first off, let's, let's let everybody know how they can look at your work. So let's, let's shoot out your website. Let's do that right away. How do we do that? Travis, wake up. <laughs> <laughs> So I've got a website, I've got a Twitter, but I post often to my uh, Instagram, which is Marissa Jean Art. And uh, MarissaJean.com is my official website where you can contact me um, or you can contact me on Instagram or Twitter for commissions. And commissions are what I love to do. I love to like see where you want to put this artwork and build it based off of that. That's what uh, I'm really passionate about. Yeah. So just Whether for it's crypto or not, really. Right. Uh, for those of you who are, are listening or you're driving, right, it's uh, it's at Marissa underscore Gene underscore art, right? And that's Marissa with only one R. Marissa, Gene, and Jelly also with only one L. So anyhow, Marissa, I can't uh, thank you enough for the time that you've spent with us and your insights. You're a fantastic artist, 
and I can't wait to see you at the the next event. Yep, you'll see me there, probably at both. Yeah. And it was great meeting you too. I loved once once I saw you in those Bitcoin pants, <laughs> I knew that this guy was going to be a riot. Like he was wearing pants with literally the coins just printed, like it was made in those, those like are, it was made in MS Paint. Those it was are golf, amazing. Those are golf shorts. Yeah, he is, oh, he, he has the, he's he has uh, those are one of many pairs of ridiculous, outrageous. Yeah, but, but actually, I've only worn those. I so there. You only wore right. those one time. I, I I specifically wore those for the Bitcoin conference. I knew I was going to wear those on Saturday, and I was going to wear the Bitcoin shirt on Friday, like I did. So anyway, yeah, I just uh, and and anybody can wear those pants, but only David James can rock them. And I was rocking those pants. Fair enough. But anyhow, I really appreciate you saying that. And I am a right. I'm a lot of fun, David. Travis, thank you very much for a good episode. Oh, I was, I was asleep. Sorry. Yeah. And so <laughs> I don't even know why we bet you. Yeah, me and, neither. Anyhow, Dave Hampton, another awesome episode. Thanks a lot. Eternally grateful. And I'm David James, the Job Whisperer. And remember, everybody, get whispered.